Blog Talk Radio. Are you tired of being sheep? Well, so is he. Get a friend, get informed, and get involved. It's We Are Not Cattle Radio. Good evening and welcome to We Are Not Cattle Radio. I'm your host, Jake Counts, coming to you live from Atlanta, Georgia. It is June, or excuse me, July the 11th, 2013. Thanks for joining me. Hopefully, this evening, we won't have any um, any activists get arrested by men in stormtrooper outfits and get their house broken into and flashbang while we're live on air and have a a news story drop right in my lap. So <clears throat> shouts out to Adam Kokesh, man. We're all thinking about you here. And um, just keep fighting the power, man. Just keep fighting the power. Keep smiling. Keep being nice to those guys. Um, the situation that you're in is, uh, and is an unfortunate one. But um, we understand why you're doing it, man. Uh, the non-aggression principle, trying to trying to change the world. And that's pretty much what we're here to talk about tonight. The the topic of the show is the topic for was the topic for the show um the night that Adam Kokesh was uh, was taken away. So we're going to talk about consciousness and we're going to talk about the um the changing of the consciousness around the world um and around the United States and how we need to bring about this and what is consciousness. As I said before, Nikola Tesla so that if you want to understand the secrets of the universe, you need to think of it in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. So with all that being said, there's a lot of stuff to talk about, a lot of stuff in the news to talk about. There's a lot of um, interesting perspectives, interesting developments here and abroad. So I'm going to get to that in the um, probably the second half of the show. I'm going to have some um, some other guys joining me for the podcast this evening, but probably be jumping on a little bit later. So consciousness. What do I mean when I say that? How you perceive reality. And I talk about this a lot, but it's something that we all need to to try to get a better grasp on. And for those of you that are sitting here listening live, thank you very much. We're going to go way down the rabbit hole tonight. We're going to open up um, avenues for questions and avenues for trains of thought that um, that might be a little deep. But hey, this is not um, this is not MSNBC where all I do is sit up there and talk about how great the administration's doing. This is trying to invoke real change and real change in yourself because, in essence, we have to start thinking of our consciousness as. Number one, how you think of yourself individually, how you present yourself with knowledge, what you what you do with the information that you're given. And what I mean by that is that when you when you take in information, where does it go? Now the way that we've been conditioned, if you went to public schooling like I have, and this is not saying that this is the only thing that they teach, but 
more and more it's becoming prevalent and, and more and more our society is becoming a society of instant gratification, a society of first-layer thinking, if you will. So we need to get past that. We need to ask the the overarching question, why? And ask it to yourself first. Remember, I can lead you to the water. I can't make you drink. And what that means is I can give you the information. But I can't give you knowledge. They're two, they're two mutually exclusive things. Information is just data points. It's ones and zeros if you're talking about it in terms of computers. It's It's the raw data. But knowledge is taking all the data points and you yourself formulating an opinion or a theory or a hypothesis about the information you've taken in. And yes, I would recommend that if you if you're one of those evil thought criminals and you have one of your enlightening apparatus around, you might want to use your enlightening apparatus. Because this is going to get pretty deep. But I think the times of being shallow and materialistic are, are about to change. I think that the conscious awareness within each individual and then with the collective is starting to grow. People realize that there are things wrong with the way that with the way that the systems of of control and the systems of governance and, and just the, the system of monetary policy, uh, the system of diplomacy, the system of war. All of these things are flawed. So we have to find new ways. We have to find new energy sources. And not shutting down coal power plants to build wind farms that that don't do a lot of good. I mean, you need to we need to just start from scratch. Because of the way that we're moving and the way that we're trending, we're destroying the planet that we live on. Human beings that we live on, we're destroying it. Is it something that we see? No, we don't see it, especially here in America. You don't see the destruction. Because you're encapsulated and you're you're compartmentalized by by mainstream media, by by information that you're getting from whatever outlets you choose. You're not you're not understanding the real magnitude of what's going on. And it's of no fault of your own. You probably have it somewhere deep down inside of you that that's saying that Man, something just doesn't feel right. Something about the way that my the way that my nation's acting doesn't feel right. Something about the way that things are being pushed on as being popular or a virtue doesn't feel right. And you can't put your finger on it. Taking away people's right to defend themselves. It just doesn't feel right. You know, Looking at how we've gotten to this point and how large amounts of money have basically changed the structure of our planet, and not in a good way. The inherent problem with having all the wealth consolidated into the 0.1% or 
the 0.01% or whatever you believe it is. You can even call it the 5%, I guess. Because the wealth disparity here in America is getting very large. Just like in third world countries. And we're starting to act like third world countries. Now why is that? Is it because America has fallen asleep? Like most people say, it's the it's the fact that people don't know. It's the fact that that people don't they don't get it. They're not, you know, awake. It's not that. It's not the awake. It's not the alertness of it. There's something larger going on here. There is a deliberate change and a deliberate push to not allow this consciousness between all of us together to grow. Because what happens when you have an existing power structure, you have an existing way of life that has existed for, if you want to talk of it in terms of central banking, and it's existed for over 100 years, in America right at 100. If you want to talk of it in terms of of governance. Government has always existed, but the metamorphosis from from being, you know, little little tribes and then having a, an elected leader there and then going into larger tribes and then collective tribes and then having a, a ruler or having a, a monarch. And that changed. And then you went to different forms of governance. And now what we're seeing is that we see that some of these things are flawed, so what we try to do is we try to not shift too much. Because remember, humans are resistant to change. That's inherent in all of us. It's a psychological, I don't know if it's pre-programmed from the time that we were ancient beings and we were just on this planet and we were just now starting to realize that you know we could eat you know, berries and what have you, and then you eat this one berry and it gives you nutrition and you and you and you don't die, but yet you're you know, somebody else in your tribe eats a, a different type of berry and and they fall over dead. So obviously the conscious mind would say that we don't need to eat that berry, let's just stick to this. And then it becomes a non you don't deviate from that pattern. And that's kind of where we're at now. We're stuck. And we're stuck with a battle between infighting about about semantics. We're infighting. We're having conscious debates over nothing. We're having conscious debates over over which type of 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 men with guns taking money from us do we want? Do we want a a Republican guy to get up there and say that? You know, take half of that person's wealth at, you know, at the barrel of a gun and, and we'll redistribute it because you're too, I guess you're too stupid to understand or you're too stupid to allocate your own money. That's what central banking is. It's the philosophy that you don't have the, the know-how to be able to take your own earnings, whatever it may be. And be able to distribute that in a way to make yourself better. They believe 
central bankers believe, government believes, that if you give them part of the money, that they can spend it better than you and they know what's best for you. It's a complete opposite of what we should have. You should have a society that is just, it's based on self-governance. Be responsible for yourself. And remember, be responsible for your for your own consciousness first. Be responsible for your own consciousness first. And then affect the consciousness of everybody else by giving them information and then challenging them to, to take that information and turn it into knowledge. Take that information and just take a piece of it. If you don't believe it, Go look, you know, go look somewhere else. Go try to read it. And like I say on the show, you, you're not going to necessarily believe everything. And I don't want you to believe everything that I say. You don't want a society full of repeaters. You want a society full of free thinkers. You want to say, I can see that side of the story. But I'm just not with you on that one. I think that, that this is what it really means. Well, that's fantastic. The fact that you have the ability... To, to disagree with me and formulate your own opinion means that you took the information that I gave you and you used the other information that you have and created the knowledge that that might not be to you what the right solution is or what the right, you know, what the challenge really is or that's not my perspective. So we need to start thinking in greater terms and the human consciousness awakening and the only way we get there as hippie as it sounds, is by using love over fear. Remember, the two vibrations in the universe that they have figured out that you can actually measure, frequency vibrations, are love and fear. Those are the two. That's all it is. That's why when you read the great philosophers and you read the great activists in history, you know... I think it was Maya Angelou that said that, or it was Mother Teresa that said that I'll never go to an anti-war rally because that's more fear, but I will go to a peace rally because that's love. Little things like that, little twists, little just little bits and pieces of it are going to get us to the place that we need to go. And the place that we need to go is to a society full of love. It's a society full of mutual respect for human beings. At the end of the day, we're all humans. We're all flawed. We all have egos, some bigger than others. But, but we have to unite and, and do away with the silliness. I mean, it's 2013, and we're still... We, have, we, live, in a, we live in a world that that sends a remote control plane over to another area and will kill humans. For what? For the fact that you believe that there's one person out of a group of humans that could be a possible threat? And eliminating all those other humans and all that other potential is valid? Think about how many different people... You don't know who we you don't know who who you get in these drone strikes. We don't know who that person could have been. 
All we know now is that they don't exist on this plane anymore. They don't exist here anymore. Because somebody of perceived authority, out of fear that some other person was going to do something to them or do something to the inhabitants of that area which they live in, decided that they were going to act first. They were going to be the aggressor. And have we seen over time, whether it's an individual, whether it's a government, it doesn't matter. Anytime that there's aggression, unprovoked aggression, it always leads to bad recourse and, and vitriolic hate towards whatever party instigated the force. That's why you see all of these really odd things happening here in the United States and all over the world. Because humans are getting to the point of, of evolution, especially with the, with the advent of the Internet and, and the access to information that we have. We're getting to the point that we're starting to see that the way that we've been doing things is just silly. And there's no other way to describe it. The fact that a good example would be what, what happened with Adam. Now, this man went into an area, let's just be real general about it, and then see how silly it is. Went into an area on the planet and loaded a potential weapon. It's not a weapon, it's a potential weapon. It wasn't used, it was just a potential weapon. Look at it like potential energy. If you're sitting still... Your energy, but you're just potential energy because you haven't moved and you haven't thought about moving and you haven't created the first act of movement. So it's just the potential of a weapon. And he loads it and readies it, but it's still a potential weapon. It's not a threat. There's no victim. There's no aggression. There's none of that. It's just a, a an act a physical act. Nothing more than that. And so, the people that believe that, that they know better than you do what to do with your life, see that, and it creates fear within them. One man, one man, with an inanimate object, a potential weapon, caused 40 people to show up in his home, bust into his house, flashbang everybody on the inside, point potential weapons at them aggressively. Now it's not a potential weapon, it is a weapon, because if it's pointed at you, now it's a weapon. And then you have the rest of the the rest of the street is shut off you're telling other humans that they can't come outside you 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 you're you're telling them to stop their lives and you're telling them what to do with their lives at that moment and it just it gets to the point where it's just really ridiculous 
Because the fact of the matter is, guys, is that we have to... You have to come to an understanding. And everybody's got to get there in their own way. And I guess that that's what called being awake is. But I'm way past awake. I know that my government's criminal. It doesn't... I mean, just look at that. That's an act of a criminal organization in fear. That's what that is. It is nothing more than that. It is somebody scared that that act of what he did could start something that could jeopardize the way that their perceived reality is. Their perceived reality is that they are more important than you and me and almost everybody else. If you don't believe that Barack Obama's perceived reality is not bigger than you, me, everybody else, you're sorely mistaken. If you don't believe that most of those politicians up there in their perceived reality, believe that their life has more value than ours, you're sorely mistaken. And that's where we got to get to. And what was really nice was I was talking with Jacob um, from the Adam vs. the Man podcast. And I, 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 I co-hosted the podcast today with him. It was his first run doing a podcast. He did a great job. We did talk over each other a little bit at the end, but we were both trying to get to the same point. But that being said, what... What was amazing to me was hearing these guys. You know, hearing these people that were having guns pointed at them. And it wasn't just one or two people, it was all of them. And they were basically pointing out to the other humans in the room, like, don't you see how silly this is? What are you here for? What are you here for? Because he had a potential weapon? You're here for that? All of this theater is for that? For a peaceful person? Who organizes acts of civil disobedience to prove how silly the system is? That's what you're here for? There's probably somebody having their house broken into. There's probably some woman or man getting beat right now at this point in time. And you're here pointing guns at us. For doing what? We were doing nothing. It's completely insane. But the fact of the matter is, you guys, mad props to all of you. Keeping your composure, keeping your cool, and understanding that there is no bad time to spread the message of love, liberty, and self-ownership. There is never a bad time for that. Because that's all that it is. It's just an opportunity to have a conversation with another human on this planet. So that being said, I'm going to get into the theory of everything. That's my little diatribe. Thank you, everybody, for for joining me. And um, I got a couple of guys on hold here, so I'll um, I'll get to you guys in a second. I do want to play the theory of everything. And then I want everybody to, um, if you can, try to stay on topic tonight. Because we want to... Um, I really do want this to be a, a, a very wide open conversation. And if you have knowledge that you want to, or if you, excuse me, if you have information that you want to to add to the conversation, please feel free to call in. 602-753-1916. 602-753-1916. Here is the theory of everything first. 
And then once we get past this, this will kind of open the floodgates. And I'm going to talk about energy and why energy is so important. And I'm not talking about potential energy. I'm talking about the real energy, the coal industry, the nuclear industry, all of these different things. And yes, you just did hear my southern accent come out right there. So I apologize. But anyway, here is the theory of everything. And then we're going to pick it up on the backside. And, and I'm going to open the phones up and we're just going to have a conversation. And I've got a bunch of other clips that I want to get to, and some of them are kind of long, so you know everybody just kind of buckle up because we're in for a good ride. It's going to be a great show. Thanks for tuning in, and um, once again, thank you for everybody and all their support and um, and helping me spread the word about the podcast that I did when um, when all that stuff was going down live, and making that um, making that as far as my show goes one of the one of the highest listened to shows so far. So. I appreciate everybody, and I appreciate everybody for uniting. And, um, you know, I almost didn't feel worthy to be bringing you all the updates, but, you know, sometimes the universe works in strange ways. So here's a clip of the theory of everything, and then I'm going to open up the phones, like I said, so we can have our uh, our dialogue and, and see if we can't um, change some perspectives out there. And that's all we're trying to do, change the paradigm, have the have the consciousness shift from hey, this is just the way that we do things to why is this the way that we do things? So thanks for listening, everybody. Enjoy the Theory of Everything clip, and I'll see you guys on the backside. The point of a Theory of Everything is if you understand the game you're in, you can be a better player. If you understand uh, your purpose here and you know what the point of your existence is and the whys and hows, then you can interact more productively. So it, it, uh, the point of writing a big toe, and I call it a big toe, not just a toe. Starting with Einstein, um, he started uh, producing a toe. It was called unified field theory, but that was a kind of an objective toe to unify all the objective science, which in that case meant relativity and quantum mechanics, under one overarching understanding. But a big toe has to do that, has to accomplish that, and on top of that, it also has to include consciousness and the subjective world as well as the objective world. So a big toe has to explain everything. So metaphysics, physics, um, you know, paranormal and normal, all of these become one, one thing under one overarching scientific theory. So the big toe is really, is really science. So, consciousness is the source. Mm -hmm. What is consciousness? It seems to me like there are 53,273 versions of consciousness. What is consciousness? I thought it was 53,274. You must, <laughs> you must have left one out. Um, consciousness. This will, this will sound kind of funny to people who who are studying consciousness, but consciousness is information. It's an information field. Okay, It's data. Consciousness is the only thing that is fundamental. Everything else is derived from consciousness, including this physical reality. Us, our bodies, our brains, whatever. We are all derived from consciousness. So consciousness is the fundamental reality. All else stems from that. Consciousness is information. It's a data field, if you will. It's evolving, so it's self-aware, and it can 
change itself. It can evolve. It can grow. And we are part of this larger consciousness system, as I call it, that is evolving. And we're, we are part of that strategy for evolution. So as it evolves, we're, we're part of that evolution. And that's it, everybody. God, that was so much more eloquent than I could do it. So I am going to pull up the colors here. And then um, I've got a couple other clips that we're going to have to get into. The next one is pretty long. But um, hold on one second. I am going to go down the horn. I think that the um, – I've lost caller number 661. So uh, caller um, – it looks like I've got Jacob and somebody from Georgia. So who do I have on the line? If you're from Georgia, go ahead and uh, give me who you are. This is Tyler, Georgia activist. Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? Hey, man. It's great to be on this. Uh, I mean, great topic tonight. Uh, you, you've really got it nailed down. Um, the conversation needs to be shifted from this is how the way things are to why are things the way they are. Absolutely. And Absolutely. That's a That's a great point, Tyler. Well, it's kind of just rehashing what you were bringing up, but no, I mean, really that's, is that's hitting caboodle. Of. Well, I mean, that, you're exactly right. That's it. And uh, do I have Jacob on the line as well? You do. Yeah, man. It's the it's me? the day of the it's the day of the two Jakes. Yeah, I can hear you, man. How's it going? Yeah, cool. It's going good, man. And I'm so glad you're you're hitting this up again, man, because you were going into this, and then all that shit happened on the last podcast, correct? Oh, I mean. If you, you want to talk, out, you if, came out of the other side. You came out of the other side of the big pill, and then everything went down because I, you know, I, anyway, I had to listen. I was I was planning on listening to your podcast live, but you know, mm-hmm. then I was detained in a room by U.S. Yeah, you know, and then you police, then you had um, then you had your hands police. bound and all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that was really yeah, cool. That you were messaging us during the show, and it was kind of. Um, it was interesting because, you know, I was trying to communicate with you, and then we were trying to communicate with Daryl, and then there were times where Salvi and I were on the line together, we could hear Daryl talking, and we both shut up, which is like the biggest no-no in radio that you could ever have dead air, but we're just like so, yeah. con- you know, tuned into what's going on and trying to get the latest breaking. So I do want you to tell your story a little bit later on once we get into the um once we get into the uh, the co- news breakdown, I mean, you covered what happened earlier in the show, man. I, I heard you, yeah. and uh, you did it very well, man. So yeah, whenever you need me, you know, holler at me. Okay, man. okay, great. I'm gonna pull you guys up here in a second. Um, who else do we have here? Uh, caller, you are on the air. Welcome. The hey, trip. how are you, caller? Hey, what's going on? It's Trip. Hey, what's up, Trip? What's going on, man? What's going on? Uh, no, no, I was just uh, listening to that monologue, and that's right. I mean, you know, you were right in the pocket with that. That's that's that couldn't be more eloquently said. Well, I thought I was just uh, like rambling at some point. I mean, I I guess I guess the the energy of consciousness came through my body and produced some actually eloquent words, but I thought I was stammering and stumbling around because I saw. I was having all kinds of stuff pop up on my screen for people coming into the chat room and then people messaging on Facebook. So. I'm hopefully getting the the information out there in a succinct manner that people can understand. Absolutely. Uh, You know, you and I are both uh, solo acts, so um, (laughs) I I, trust me, I I get it. And it's uh, it's hard, and, um, 
not only that, but I, I just seem to be more of a spaz and start to stumble over myself just to have that have that no no not happen and have dead air. But um, yeah. you know, you're absolutely right in the pocket, and I really think that uh, you know that evolution of thought is what a lot of us need to um, need to start dwelling on and really start taking notice to. Is that uh, you know you said. We're in 2013 now, and usually I'm more of an old-school guy than say, mm-hmm. oh, get with the times, man. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I'm not that guy, but mm-hmm. there's a lot of it that is it, that we have to say, you know what, it's time to evolve ideas because obviously the old way isn't working any longer, and people need to start getting outside of the box as far as their realm of thought. And I make that mm-hmm. same point, uh, too, on my show just to say, Hey, I, I'm presenting information to you, but by all means, please develop your own thoughts and theories on, on everything that I have to say. Because we live in a society now that I'm, I'm going to mute you guys because I'm going to play another audio clip. But we live in a society now that that basically people want the nice, easy path. I mean, humans will always take the path of least resistance. That's just us by nature. We're We're pretty much lazy. But at the end of the day... The thing that you can't be lazy about is your consciousness and your knowledge. You can't be lazy about that because if you become lazy, then you become apathetic. And then we end up in the situation that we're in. Everybody asks me, they say, well, how did we end up like this? Well, we ended up like this because people stopped caring about being better. They just wanted things to be simple. They wanted things to be easy. I just want to go to work nine to five, and I don't care about politics, and I don't care about this. I just want to watch football. That makes life really easy. But if everybody makes life really easy, then you know criminals and people that have ideas of getting in power and controlling people don't care if you're watching football or if you're in the arena trying to stop them from gaining more and more power. They don't care. They're going to do it either way. It's the same analogy like a criminal with a gun. You know, the, if we are as as citizens are allowed to to own a firearm, legally own a firearm, to protect us from the criminals. It doesn't matter if you take our legally owned gun away, that criminal is still going to have the firearm. They don't care. They're they're breaking the law consciously anyway. And these people that are in their positions of power that are trying to control control consciousness, and that's what really aggravates me, is when you see all these things about What's going on with the NSA spying and what's all this stuff? What does it really mean? It really means that they're trying to get all the data, like he said, the ones and zeros, and they're trying to create an artificial consciousness and an artificial knowledge so that they can predict what we're going to do. And that's the end game is they want to be able to predict what we're going to do. They want to be able to say, oh, if these guys start pushing back, then this is what we'll see. We'll start seeing growth in this area and this area, and we'll start seeing chatter over here just like they did in the Egypt you know, with, with their, uh, you know, their uprising. Whomever fomented it, that's beside the point. But the fact of the matter is, is they had all that data, and they could even see. And what's even scarier is if they have the data – then they can steer it, much like the central bankers try to get out in front of things and stop bubbles and maybe suppress you know, gold on the rise and stuff like that. They're going to see social engineers try to do that as well. So I do want to get to entropy, and this is a one-minute clip, and then I'll get everybody's take on the backside. It looks like we were just joined by Robert um, from the Journalistic Revolution. So 
we're going to have a full forum here, but we do need to make sure that we stay in order. And um, I'm going to go down the line and everybody just kind of limit your comments so that we can all say our piece. But um, this is such a great format, and I love having these conversations because everybody has a different perspective. And like I said, maybe Jake will say something that you won't get, but maybe Tripp says something that you get, or maybe Tyler says something that you get, and it makes sense. However, however you get it, just try. Just try to analyze yourself. Be a better human every day. Try to be a better person every day. Like I said, always just smile at people. You'd be amazed at how far a smile goes. So enough with the hippie bullshit. I am actually going to go into entropy part one, and then the next one is a is a longer clip. So we're gonna have to um, gonna have to all kind of sit back and, like I said, if you uh, if you do want to enlighten yourself and take a different and shift your consciousness, have your um, have your device handy and uh, go ahead and shift away. So here's entropy. Okay, the part that we play is that, okay, let's start just with a larger consciousness system. And we say we have some sort of potential energy that's self-aware. And this self-aware potential is not really very bright yet. It hasn't evolved. We're just going to start at the beginning. But it can discern two states, this way and that way. You know, just two things that are different. And it can discern that it can kind of exist in two states. And if it can exist in two states, then there's nothing to keep it existing in three states or four states or n states. Well, now all of these states then look like zeros and ones, you see. So now we have a, a system that is aware that it can exist in different states, creating information, information based on the Information based on the ones and zeros. I think I cut that clip short here. So I'm going to uh, I'm going to pull up everybody again. So once again, thanks out and thanks for the guys contributing to the call today. Um, I'm actually going to start at the bottom. Is this uh, is this Robert or Matthew that we have on the line with us? This is Robert, sir. What's going on, my man? How you doing? Oh, you know, it could be better, it could be worse. Yeah. Welcome to life, right? But uh, <laughs> what what do you um? I, I know you kind of joined us late in the conversation, but what, what's your takeaway from that? It's basically um, trying to, and, and it'll get a little bit more in detail in the next clip. It's like a seven-minute long clip, but it's basically um, outlining the, the formula of string theory, which is that, that everything's connected and that everything's basically using ones and zeros to create the reality that we exist in. So what, what are your thoughts, Robert? Well, isn't that a lot like the holographic universe? Correct. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, then, and then my theory is that it, or my feelings on it is that it is very, very plausible, even when backed up with scientific mm -hmm. data, showing that uh, if you if you have two atoms uh, touching each other, then separate them and then do something to one atom, it will happen to the other. Mm -hmm. um, so, I, I I I take a lot of stock in this theory that if we are not all one, then we are all separate entities connected by a universal force. Correct. Okay, cool. And uh, Tripp, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I, you know, I, I listened to that, and uh, I want to preface what I say by saying that, um, you know, a lot of us, even though there's multiple states of consciousness and, you know, whether you want to just base it right on down to fear and love and go off of that, that's a great starting point, and it can go anywhere else. But I do want to paraphrase and uh, sort of butcher up uh, Bill Hicks here. Uh, a young man on consciousness realized that all 
energy is matter merely condensed to a slow vibration. There is no such thing as death. We are all one consciousness subjecting it or experiencing itself subjectively. And that's that's very much the crux of, of what a lot of that stuff is. We're having an individual experience um, subjectively to realize that we are all kind of one in, in a certain aspect and in a certain way. So, um, you know, that's, that's that's kind of my take on it anyway. Cool. Um, Jacob, what is your, um, what's your takeaway from that? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue on with that idea, and because we are all one, there are these certain objective truths, these certain moral axioms that are sort of innately found within human beings that we can kind of understand, and I think... You know, um, that that just kind of uh, we can come together on. And I believe that those are found in, in you know, in the non-aggression principle and, and in some of these things that I've come to accept through libertarianism and, and just, just understanding that love will uh, will be like, you know, what, what was just stated, love will conquer this uh, opposite force if we just all embrace it, you know. Mm-hmm. We all know we need to embrace it because we're all of this consciousness and we're all of this feeling. Um, it's just that fear is just, uh, it's such a strong force as well. But well, we fear is just easier. Yeah, it, it tries to mask itself, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, not, not present itself, and we right. It tries to mask that. itself as, and, as and like I think, confidence. I think what the big toe kind of gets at is is just um, just being able to recognize that we need to take this energy that we've been given from this universal force and expend it in the, with love, and spend the you know spend spend that energy that energy that's ticking away on us. With those efforts, and if you're putting your efforts towards fear, then you're waste you're you're chipping away at the game. You're you're chipping away at your energy. You're wasting time. You know. Absolutely, Tyler. What are your uh, What are your thoughts on that? Well, um, let's start that um, our uh, our civilizations have tried different systems throughout time, but every every single time uh, it comes back to whether the zero, which represents evil prevails or the one which represents the light prevails. Um, You see, we've tried, uh, well, crony communism. I've read about how true communism could be a good thing, but it can't ever be achieved. We've uh, seen fascism, and we've seen socialism. Um, There are any number of forms of uh, systems that we've tried, but it really just all comes back to uh, whether the good prevails or uh, the good people go to sleep and the ones who seek power and control over everyone else rise to the top. I think that's a that's a very that's a very astute point because, you know, if it's if it's fear and love, then you know the Bible calls it good and evil, I guess. So, uh, it, it does it does really it does like I said, fear is so easy. It is so easy because. What what's so tough about getting over fear and then turning turning over into love? I mean, think about Jacob. Think about what happened to you guys. It would have been so oh, easy. Oh, it would have been yeah. no, 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 not to not to rehash it and not to make you relive it, yeah. but just yeah. in a broad sense. Think about how easy it would have been for all of you guys to be in fear. And instead, what did you guys do? You guys turned it around and said, you know what? We're going to use this opportunity 
to promote love and compassion and try to get people to understand that this, you know, maybe this isn't the right way to do things. You know, maybe this isn't how we should do it. That's the point. Can I, of the can I That's the point. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I, I just wanted to say that, um, you know, the bad thing with all this is this is all great in theory, and, of course, um, people along our lines of thinking are, are, are going to, you know, project these types of ideas. The bad thing is is that the people that are on the side of good, the people that are on the side of love, the people that are the ones are are the ones that don't wish to exert force and manipulate and control the, you know, the consciousness to right. manipulate the, the thought, you know. So so the bad thing is, is that there's a lot of us that just want to be left alone, live our lives peaceably. However, there's always going to be social controllers, whether that's in the form of government or just mm-hmm. plain right-out sociopaths that wish to mm-hmm. manipulate and control people at the end of the day. Correct. And, and in, you know, and those are, that's the... I guess that's the conundrum because it's always, like I said, the fear is easy because fear always leads to aggression, which always leads to, you know, conquering and dominating and manipulating. And then, you know, most people that are trying to preach love aren't going to go and get in the face of a of a cop or somebody like that that's breaking the law because that kind of goes against what they're standing for. But you're right, Tripp. Sometimes you do have to, you do have to cross a, I guess a um. A psychological barrier when you have to you have to be able to shift in and out of of that just much like we have to do with with a lot of things you have to be able to shift into you know I'm you know I'm trying to teach love and peace and compassion but if you start getting into a point where where you're threatening you know my ability to function as a human and enjoy my life and have freedom then then I have to and then I have to step up you know that's where everything has to change and you have to step up and and just defend yourself and then if everybody just defends themselves then then the escalation goes down much like I was talking about with with Jacob if you ever noticed that on most of these cop videos it's when the people back down or turn their backs to the cops or when the cops start doing you know they start going for the power grab because you know that it makes it easy because you've already they've already feel like they've won because you've turned your back on them. So now they that's feel like that's when they, they took my to phone, stay. Jake. That's exactly yeah. when they took my phone is when I turned my back to them. Yeah, it's so because funny to say that. well, I mean that's uh, unfortunately little, at the end yeah. at the end of the day we are still we are still animals on some level. You know we still have that chimpanzee part of the brain. That's why you have mm-hmm. these super dominant alpha people that want to dominate everybody and want to be king in the mountain. They want to be the king gorilla. You know, that's what they want to be. But, you know, before we get into all that, let's listen to the second part of this clip. It's seven minutes long, so you guys, uh, you can go take a break if you want or do whatever. Go get yourself something to drink. But this is an incredible clip. And then after that, I want to get into Eric Dollard and what he's doing because we really need to start spreading the message of this because this could be – this could be the new this could be the revolution. The energy revolution could change everything. So here I'm gonna put all all you guys on mute and then uh I'm gonna go ahead and play this clip and we'll pick you guys up here in a little bit as soon as this clip's done. So enjoy and uh, like I said, if you guys wanna in, join in on the conversation, give us a call six zero two seven five three nineteen sixteen. Don't be shy. It's all about love. So you can have a bunch of uh, children's blocks and you just throw them on the floor. There's no information there, but you can take those blocks and you can spell words or you can make patterns. 
It doesn't have to be a word. It could be a pattern as far as information goes. Information, let's say if I took those children's blocks and I put one up, one, one up, one down, one up, one down, what would the next one be? It would be up. How do you know that? The pattern gives you information, you see. So now you can have these patterns of ones and zeros, and the system is evolving, trying to lower its entropy, create information and content with what it has. That's how things evolve. They become more complex. They become more survivable, survivable, if you will, and, and death to the system is randomness, no information, you see. <clears throat> so it evolves toward lower entropy states. Now, in order to evolve, uh, you say, more efficiently, it can't just interact with itself because that's very limiting. So what does it do? It does just like those one-celled creatures did, which were doing the same thing, you know, where we evolve from. Look at physical evolution. Same thing. You start with this one thing, right? And this one thing was able to discern whether it was, you know, better off or not better off or more survivable or not by trying things and then seeing what happened. So it needed more complexity because more complexity is more adaptable, it's more survivable, it's lower energy. More complexity is more order, more information. So the cells divided and you had multi-celled creatures. And then those divided and you had specialization among the cells, you know, the part for digestion, the part for moving, the part for defense, and so on. And then the control part. So you had all these parts. So this is more and more complication, more and more information, lower and lower entropy in the system. Well, this larger conscious system did something like that, too. So it found that it could increase its choices, the novelty uh, in its environment. It could increase its complexity and lower its entropy by breaking into pieces. And these pieces, then, could interact with each other. Now, suddenly, you have multiple pieces interacting with each other with free will, now you have all sorts of possibilities that didn't exist before, you see, and each piece then is growing and evolving as well as the whole evolves and grows as the pieces evolve and grow. Well, we represent some of these pieces, you see. We're pieces of the larger consciousness system, and our job here is to evolve, to grow up, to uh, lower our entropy, increase the content, the quality of our consciousness. Now, what does that connect to. Decreasing the entropy of consciousness means growing toward love. Love and lower entropy are, you know, are reflections of each other. It's the same thing. Now let me give you a little example of why that makes sense. Just, uh, you have these pieces, right, that kind of the multi-celled version of consciousness. So it's about interaction. It's about um, relationship amongst the pieces. Let's say that we just do a thought experiment here and we'll take maybe uh, 10,000 beings and we'll say all 10,000 of them um, are loving, caring, nurturing. Uh, it's about other, not about themselves. And we'll take those 10,000 beings, we're going to put them in a, in a little world with a certain amount of resources and we just let them go and see what happens. Okay. Now, these are the kind of people that if somebody's barn burns down, all the neighbors come in and help them build it back up. Not for a fee, but they just do that because they're helpful. They care about other, you see. Um, and now we'll have another group of people, and this group of people are just the opposite. They're based not on love but on fear, fear being the opposite of love. 
So they're based on fear, and it's all about them. What's in it for me? Uh, if they're going to do something, it's going to be because they get something for doing that something. And we're going to take 10,000 of them and put them in the same world with the same resources and let them go and see what happens. Okay? Now, how are they going to end up after, I don't know, 20 years? We're going to look at them and see how they're going to end up. Well, what would you expect? You would expect the group based on fear, okay, to basically they'll clump into power centers because it depends on some of them will get a little more power than others and then they will control others and then others will come for that protection that power gives and so on. They'll group into power centers. And before long you'll find that the very few power centers probably control 95% of all the resources and they're constantly fighting with each other, trying to get each other's stuff, right? Where have we heard that before? Yeah, that sounds kind of like where we live, doesn't it? That sounds like where we live. Yeah, that sounds like where we live. Then what about the other group? The group that's caring and that uh, it's about other, well, they will have optimized themselves within the available resources and, you know, abilities they have. Everybody will be doing as well as everybody can do. Well, that doesn't mean that, that uh, you know, everybody does the same job. It just means if somebody thinks up something very clever and inventive, it gets shared with everyone. Exactly. So you still have people, you know, who are doing the labor and people who are in control, just like you have in a body. You know, there's parts of you do different things. But it's all very efficient and effective and caring, and everybody cares about everybody else doing as much as they can do with whatever it is they've got. So it optimizes itself. Now, which one is high entropy and which one is low entropy? High entropy is organized, constructive, pulling together, right? That's, that's low entropy, organized. Okay, what's high entropy? High entropy is disorganization. Um, you know, somebody builds something up, somebody else comes and tears it down because they don't like it that somebody has something more than they have and they'd like to get it. So if you get something, then you have to protect it. You know, you have to keep it. So it's basically struggle. Now, where, do we, where does that society go? Well, it's constantly being torn down because those power centers, they're constantly being ripped apart and new power centers coming up. You constantly have the coup d'etat, you know, that changes the management of the power system. There's a constant tearing up and down, and you have a very suboptimal arrangement. So all of that's just an example of how we relate love with lower entropy. Yeah, and that's... um. And that's what we're talking about, the paradigm shift. Because if we can get people to see from that perspective, or at least a majority, then we can we can at least shift the conversation. So I'm going to pull everybody back up now, and um, let's see who should I start with. I'll start with uh, I'll start with Tyler first. Tyler, what did you make of that? Um, uh, what of, about that analogy of the of the beings and and, and about how we're we're more like the second center, with his, which would be considered uh, high entropy well, or craziness. Um, I mean, I'm kind of still processing it for myself. Um, one of the things that, um, when you think about a low entropy society and how it relates to randomness, mm-hmm. that we need to tie this back into how do we get mm-hmm. less dependent on the system that we uh, are in, and how do we stop getting. Um, what was described as more information and more organization into the machine. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we are to encourage randomness, do we need to have like a certain number of people or just like a group of people over here that they, they trade 
and um, silver only. Then we got another little group over here. They're they're living nomadically. We've got another group over here. They're living off of gold and they're trading in gold, and some other people there um, trading in some other metals. And mm-hmm. um, it seems like um, I'm just trying to think about how we can apply that to our strategy to um, bring back that low entropy society. Okay, not to be creepy or anything, but Jacob is probably about to creep himself out right now. Jacob, why don't you tell yeah. everybody what you just wrote me on Facebook? And about what, what Tyler I just, just wrote said. to you on Facebook is I want to talk about how we protect ourselves in today's world, encryption and other technologies. If it comes up, make it possible. Uh, if not, you know, don't worry about it. But uh, make it, make it. Let's make it as hard as possible as. We can, oh, let's make it as hard as possible for these power grabbers in fear. Is what, that's what I wrote. I'm sorry. I stumbled over my yeah, words. No, that, no that's, that's exactly it. And that's what I thought was kind of crazy because it's exactly what Tyler was asking. It's like how do we how do we make it more difficult for the system to to generate you know their or precipitate their fear on us basically by using our own information against us. So uh trip you're you got the mic man what uh what did you take away from that uh you know i think uh first off going in true fashion everybody's right um <laughs> everybody's <laughs> right in, in their assessment uh so so with with, with that being said I, I i'd also like to say that it's something that you were touching on before we went to uh went to the clip there is that uh, we still have that human condition. Don't get me wrong. It's great that, quote, we're all right and that, uh, you know, we have adhered to certain principles and certain um, idealistic beliefs that mm-hmm. we're, we, we've subscribed to, and that's great, but there's still something called the human condition that Correct. at the end of the day, we're not going to have everybody jump on board with us. We're, you know, to go back to what I was saying earlier, we're still going to have these people, and there's still, sadly enough, I'm not going to be a sitting duck. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If, mm-hmm. If, if stuff goes down and people are aggressing against me, I've got a way to handle that. And sadly, No, but that's that what we were talking about. Through. It's is that you have to be able to, you know, we have to be able to shift and and not just be passive. I mean, we can be we can be pacifist when it comes to resistance and stuff like that, but you if you're if you're confronted, then obviously that that changes the whole that changes the whole landscape. Correct, but like I said, we're still dealing with the human condition at this point and and mm-hmm. uh, you know, what I love to see a world where we all, you know, um adhere to uh you know, dealing with each other on a voluntary basis and, and whether that be through, um, you know, means of commerce or uh, economically through through goods and services and, uh, you know, precious metals as currency or or services as currency. Yes, that all that all sticks a dagger, if you will, in, into the um, heart of, of the controllers that want to tell you how to act and tell you what means you have to adhere to in order to make all of these things possible. But uh, with that being said, I'm out and about, guys. I I was just listening in, so uh, I will continue to listen in. But I I got a jam. I got some errands to run. So uh, I really appreciate the time, guys. Yeah, thanks for jumping on board, man. And uh, plug yourself really quick so people can find you. 
Uh, the NWO Fighter Show, Wednesday and Sunday nights on Liberty Movement Radio, 9 to 11, and Robert shows on right after that, Journalistic Revolution. I'm a constant contributor to them as well. So, um, LibertyMovementRadio.com. I'm a company band to the bitter fucking end. So, uh, <laughs> there you go. All right, buddy. Well, take care. Thanks for jumping on. All right. Yep, later. All right, Mr. Robert, you have the floor. Well, uh, okay, there was a lot talked about in the last little bit, so I'll try to sum everything up together. I, I, I think Trip is right, but I think that um, that human condition can we can we can solve the how to handle it by simply de- defining what aggression is and when mm-hmm. force is aggressed upon you. Uh, if someone's even trying to force you through political means, is that technically aggression? And once we finally define that as a whole, then then what the, the human condition won't be removed, but will be lessened. Now, as far as his example, I really loved his example of the cells and the information growing and getting more complicated and less entropy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, but um, uh, thinking about it while I w- while I was listening to it, then then this this area of conflict and revolt, this this um, period of revolting conflict would would actually ultimately be a part of. The cycle, just like when cells are born, they have a cycle. Uh, mm-hmm. People are born, they have a cycle. So society itself has a cycle. And Correct. conflict conflict eventually ends in peace. Peace eventually ends in complacency. Complacency eventually uh, ends in the growth of power. The growth of power will always end in revolt, and revolt will end in conflict, and conflict will end in peace. And and so I think the the the... The trick is, is how do we step above to the next cycle? Right. Right. And that's a really good point is that, you know, in in order to quit do or, you know, in order for us to cease doing the same things that we've been doing in the past and and looking back at history and studying human behavior and the human condition, is it's a very good point because we do need to take that in consideration because not everybody thinks the same way. So, but the, the thing that, that, always gets me is that the one thing we can all agree upon i guess as as humans is that i don't think it's it's none of your business is the best way to describe it you know at the <laughs> end of the day it's none of your business like what are you doing like, that's really none of your business like what i'm doing is none of your business so just leave it at that but now we got to transition into and that was nice to talk about that segment of it because you know, if we're going to make the shift in consciousness and we're going to get these people to understand that there are different ways to do things. I mean, like I said, we don't have to have the great leap forward. You know, we definitely don't want that, you know, like communist China. But we do want to have a conscious step forward in the fact that the we need to analyze for ourselves as humans how we're conducting ourselves among other humans and, and what we're and how we're interacting among each other. Now, that's going to be a very tough message to get to some parts of the world, but I think that we're going to see it in slow steps. But if anybody is is like myself, you feel like the world's kind of speeding up. You feel like all of these things are happening and governments are unraveling, civil unrest is is growing in all parts of the world. You know, protests are happening in all parts of the world. And, and, and people are just really starting to understand that that maybe the way that we've been doing things isn't the right way to go. That being said, a good transition here, let's talk about new energy sources and what that could mean. 
And the reason I want to get into this is because there's been a lot of suppressed technology. And whether you believe in the zero energy field technology, which, you know, baffles my mind, but then again, it's it even baffles, you know, people that understand, you know, physics and quantum physics. It baffles them. But there is one gentleman out there that is doing a, a replication of Tesla's work. And he's the only man to ever successfully replicate what Tesla did. And he worked for the government for a long time. And his name is Eric Dollard. And he has actually had a crowdsourcing um, on Indiegogo that raised the amount of money that he needed to start his new laboratory. So he's back in there doing research. But one of the crazy things is that, shocker, every time he starts making headway on getting free energy and getting to this point of being able to produce this thing that Tesla made, and his theory is that you can actually transfer energy through the ground without losing energy, without losing anything, without having copper, whatever. You can transfer electricity and radio waves through the ground, and there's no there's no loss. So what that means to us is that imagine if everything that we had was electrified underneath us, and you couldn't feel it, there was no change, and what's amazing is that you see people that have recreated the Tesla um, experiment, and they'll walk through that big shocking energy field. It looks like it would you know, knock you on your ass, but they're like it's amazingly comfortable to put their hand in it. So I'm going to let him talk for a little bit, and I got three clips of him, and then we're going to get into news for like the last 30 minutes. And we did just pick up another caller, so um, I'm going to let that caller weigh in here in one second. After we play the Eric Dollard video, I'll pull up the new caller. Thanks, everybody, for listening, if you're listening live. But um, check it out. Every Tuesday and Thursday night from 9 until 11, I'm here trying to spread knowledge and, heaven forbid, get out some information. So here's the clip. They're afraid of its potential. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, 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 it's inherent in electricity to free everything. Free everything. <laughs> <laughs> they want to put everything satellites. They really want to get rid of all radio. They do. They want to get rid of all radio. Why? It's too free. Too free. Yeah. You can't, uh, it's too hard to regulate, particularly high-frequency radio. Anybody, you know, with a PRC-47 like in my car can, you know, talk to anybody in the world. But RCA wanted a new system, and that's what it would turn out to be. Long after RCA died, that's what it turned out to be. I didn't know that then, and they didn't know that then. I was just gonna, well, the most likely guy to figure out something new. They already knew from supporting my high school experiments and, le and letting me use the station for my own purposes, they knew that I was the guy that was going to come up with something new out of all the old junk because I was already doing stuff in the laboratory that nobody could even explain. I didn't know. They didn't know. Nobody knew what it was going to be. I didn't even know who Tesla was, nor did they. was time to go warden cliff. That's what RCA wanted in the beginning anyway. But by then, by 1990, I had that all figured out. Good warden cliff all figured out in 1990. Yeah. I was ready to implement That was the place to do it, and that's what the states, that's what KPH needed. Needed a new way to talk to ships at sea. Using Tesla technology. Using Tesla technology. 
or Alex Anderson, or both. Or improved. Or improved, yeah. That's what we saw. Well, I was going to start with the basic, uh, you know, the basic uh, Tesla transformer. I have built an experimental model. It was, I was already from the first test to the receiving station up to Point Reyes. They were laughing about the you know, air is going to transmit to the through the ground to the receiving station. <laughs> the, the station manager was anxiously waiting. You know, and I showed the test of the transformer. You know, and its ability, you know, to light fluorescent lamps at, you know, without any power loss. That kind of blew the transmitter tech away. You know, the thing the amp meter showed it was definitely transmitting at the station ground. You know, I had a little RF milliamp meter, and it was putting, you know, there's current going into station ground. So the thing was to do it outside the shielded room of the station and, and do it out on the Alexanderson antenna thing, and then have the guys up at the receiving station see what level they picked it up. And then go, then go down to 500 kilocycles and do it to ships at sea. No, no, MCI uh, boarded the station and tried to wreck it. It was for ship to shore. Ship to shore. Ship to shore. Can't they communicate now? From the ship yeah, but this doesn't have the delay or the attenuation. So how do we improve in performance? And the receiver would run off the transmitter. Okay, so that's the Tesla's idea. The receiver runs off the transmitter. It doesn't require any source of power. And the signal doesn't fade. And it doesn't weaken with distance. So it didn't require any would work anywhere in the Pacific. And there'd be, though, but the way that place is geologically set up and, and the grounds that are already there and the Tesla system, I expect the signal would be just, just as strong in China as it was off the coast of San Francisco. And there probably would be no time delay, or the time delay would be much less than the propagation of light. So it would significantly improve this. So basically, this guy has figured out a way to transmit not only energy but radio waves, and that's one of the ways that he circumvented, you know, the Rockefellers and all those guys destroying all of his stuff, was he always produced it as how to transmit radio waves. What he didn't say is that you can actually transmit electricity the exact same way. And we did pick up a new caller, so caller, thanks for joining the conversation. Go ahead and introduce yourself. What's going on, Jake? This is Ramon down in Miami. What's up, man? How you doing, man? Doing good, taking it one day at a time, you know, trying to help the world as much as I can. That's all we can do, man. So, what do you think of this? Uh, what do you think of this conversation and, and what we're talking about? Uh, it's been a great show so far, man. I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a huge follower of Nikola Tesla and his work, and um, Stubblefield and all the other gentlemen who are trying to, you know, help the world out with free uh -huh. energy and whatnot. I just noticed how, like. They've been suppressed so bad, man. So many people don't even know these people exist. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what I said about the Eric Dollard thing is that I had no idea who this guy was until, I, until I, I, you know, Jacob actually turned me on to the other gentleman. I, what's his last name? Is it Campbell, Jacob? Yes, Bruce. Okay. Uh, well, yes, I believe that's correct. Okay, yeah. So, you know, these Campbell, guys... Right? Yeah, Thomas Campbell. There we go. So, you know, all these things are out there. And, 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 of course, this is not going to be your mainstream conversation, but this is this is the future. And and what's cool about having the crowdsourcing with Indiegogo and stuff is that now we can really vote with our dollar. It's like, hey, I've got a way that I can make free energy. 
And of course, you know, if you imagine going and trying to, you know, go and get funding for that from from some government agency or even some university, which is like what he talked about, he's had nine labs smashed in his life, and that doesn't even include the, you know, the the little ones in between. He says every time he always gets to the point where he can produce all of this stuff, that they come in and board his stuff up, and you know, like he said, he's like, well, I finished it, and I was like, well, what happened? Well, MCI came in and they shut it all down. See you later. So Robert, what do you do you have um do you have any other sources for people to look up um new energy technologies or is this something you follow or um what are your thoughts? I mean, I, I as a hobby, I, I I look into it. I wouldn't say that it, it's one of my causes. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, so I wouldn't I wouldn't I couldn't just off the top of my head be, "Oh yeah, look this up, look this up." Sure. But I I, I am I am aware that they um they that they suppress technology even even ones that aren't necessarily free but a lot more efficient they're more than willing to um you know stem I think that um uh, that yeah that alternative uh, alternative forms of energy are going to be the future um because you know I mean technology is growing exponentially at this point and and there and and I don't think that the powers that be because they're just following the cycle that we're stuck in. They don't know any better. They just, you know, they're stuck in this cycle as much as we are. Mm-hmm. That that they they couldn't they couldn't comprehend what the advent of technology would do to the cycle. Correct, correct. And um, Jacob, what do you um, what do you think of all this? Well, I sort of take uh, economic viewpoint of this and kind of dissect the uh, the free exchange of ideas is it truly there uh, I, I i don't know exactly where i sit on intellectual property uh but uh, in case of something that is a grandiose humanitarian value i believe that that is something that should be exchanged widely among everyone on earth and and, and i think that's incumbent upon the person discovering it and and uh and I, I think that, you know, if they don't, then they'll have to answer morally for not doing so. But, uh, you know, that's that's where I see the big uh, violation occurring is that we're not allowing that individual to spread this great humanitarian value to the world. And, and I think, you know, I, I'm reminded of uh, Ron Paul, you know, he said capitalism shouldn't be condemned since we haven't had it yet. You know, we haven't had capitalism <laughs> yet. You know, so Amen to that. We need to, I mean, so that's that's uh, and uh, who was it? Rothbard that said, like, you know, we uh, we're taking anarcho-capitalism is taking two words that people just absolutely despise, anarchy and capitalism, and combining them. He said he hated that, but it was ended up calling it that. But it's it's um, you know we've we've never truly had you know capitalism, so how can we judge it? We never truly lived without government in so long. Mm-hmm. That you know, how can we? How can you? How can you deny an idea that hasn't been enacted in so long? And, and you know, and how can you criticize it? I don't. That's that's my point. I don't know. Yeah, and and it, what you'll what, well, what you'll find from most of these inventors, most of these inventors are humanitarians because they, like Eric Dollard, and I think it's in the next clip. I got two more clips of him, and then we're going to get into some news in the last half hour. But the the interesting thing about him is that. He talks about that. He talks about how he's already published everything of how to build this thing, and he's put it out on the web. And they're and they're like, "Holy cow! You put all the blueprints out on the web." He goes, "Yeah, it's 25 pages. Good luck figuring it out." But I put it out there. 
mean, so so at least he's done the right thing. So I'm gonna go to that clip and then um and then I think I got time for one more and then we're gonna we're gonna touch on some briefly touch on some news and then we'll wrap up the show. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We are streaming live on Liberty Movement Radio. It looks like so. Welcome everybody from the Liberty Movement. I'm sure this is not news to you guys, but you know, always good to have another conversation. So I'm gonna mute everybody and then we're gonna play the clip. And I'll pick everybody up on the back side. Because that's the ground terminal into the earth. It was selected for that by Marconi. That's the Indians call it the hole in the sky. They went there and electrified them, and then they ran away from it. They wouldn't live there. Yeah, it's it's a it's a. Uh, it's kind of like a ley line runs through there. The whole geology around there concentrates on this spot. It's like all the trees are lined up with it, and everything focuses on where that building sits. So according to the Marconi guys, there was five energy spots on the planet that were originally selected to try to build a global system, and Bolinas was one of the most important ones came up with something new that nobody, not Alex Anderson or Tesla, ever come up with. I raised it to the next level. I was able to make it broadband. It was, it was a, a general laboratory and, and facility in antenna-type in, in communications of all different forms, all different frequencies, from microwaves all the way down to, to audio. The whole idea was, was was to have the broadest, most generalized receiving capability possible. In other words, the ultimate receiver. Two days before they happened, it, it, it worked twice for two earthquakes. Northridge and Landers. I got the same thing from Japan two days before the giant Japan earthquake. Yeah, I picked it all the way up in Landers. One hour before the first earthquake, and uh, two, that was about two days before the main event. Because it, it would go off 18 hours before a major earthquake. Blurred concert hall. Oh, it would just go wild. How did it sound? Well, different signals, different places seem different sounds. Here it was the sound of screaming, screaming sounds. First it starts with ricocheting bullets. And then uh, they get snappier or more like steel wires being hit. And then uh, they get stronger. And so eventually it's like whole dumpster loads of beer bottles being dumped on uh, metal decks of ships or something, smashing. And it, it just builds up a sharper and sharper pitch until eventually the thing basically just freaks. It's like almost like a sine wave. It's about uh, 12 hours before the blast. Yeah, 6.5 or greater earthquake. So that's um so that's an interesting way to look at things. So let me pull you guys up here. Um you know, Ramon, you there? Yes, sir. Now if you if you followed some of Tesla's work, remember, you know, the mainstream tells us that you can't predict earthquakes, but yet Dollar talks about when he when he actually reproduced all these tests and and had this you know this office you know dedicated to this equipment. 
that he could actually hear every earthquake before it happened. And that's in, due to the fact that the frequencies and the vibrations in the earth change. So what, what do you say about that last little clip? Um, those people who are skeptical about these type of technologies, it's kind of hard to, like, let them know because it seems like all of us who are aware, you know, the people who don't consider themselves cheap and whatnot, we know about these things. We know about the Stanley Myers in the early 90s when Vinda Carr that allegedly ran off water. and mm-hmm. You know, but it's hard for a skeptic or someone who's not aware of these things to even fathom what you're talking about because they're stuck in the the mainstream techno- technological wave. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they know what's going on in the mainstream, but you may tell them, hey, there's a 3D printer, and they look at you like you're crazy. You know, or a man invented mm-hmm. a machine that, you know, can produce electricity for your home and, and it's the size of an Xbox or something. But yeah. they can't fathom these things, you know, but we, we're aware. We know about all these things. It, it's just surprising that more people aren't um, in the know and, like, asking questions like, hey, if people were making cars that ran off hemp oil or ran off electricity, you know, decades ago, why are we still using fossil fuels? Why are we still contributing to a $400 trillion industry? You know, it just doesn't yeah. make sense. Every year, it's crazy. Yeah. Well, yeah, and that's what we were talking about at the very beginning. We have to have a shift in consciousness and, and look at the way that we've been doing things over even the last 100 years. Is I mean, that's a really short time if you look at the look at the longevity of the Earth. It's, well, it's funny. I follow, um, oh, what's his name, um, Neil deGrasse Tyson on Twitter, and he tweeted out, uh, I think it was during the Super Bowl, he said, if you look at the football field as being the entire life cycle of the planet, he goes, the human species, the the actual time that the human species has been on this planet would equate to one blade of grass on that football field. So that gives you an idea of how short our time has been on this planet. And and like you said, the the way that they keep all this information hidden from the public it's really sad, and it's once again, it's fear that they're not going to have their big house, and they're not going to have their money, and they're not going to have their power. That's it. They're afraid, and that's why you see the power structure freaking out because they know if any of this stuff gets out that it's ball game over. You can't suppress technology like that forever. Eventually, and it was one of the funniest things I was watching or was listening to an economist last night when I went and met my friends for drinks at this uh, Liberty on the Rocks event. I think they have them all over the country. But he was talking about how that's the funny thing is that is that the Austrian way is that if you just step back, the markets will 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 decide. The markets will never let something like that will never let something like that be suppressed because eventually, whether it's a black market or if it's a free market, it doesn't really matter. Eventually, it's going to come to come to light and they can they can only suppress it for so long. So, Robert, what are your thoughts? And then we'll go to the last clip. Uh, I I was really interested in the fact that uh, it was predicting 6.5 earthquakes beforehand because I am uh, one of one of my uh, pet causes is um, uh, climate change, and we we've been studying the sun and energy from space effect on the planet Earth and. Uh, the guy who's leading the experiments and the and the observations, suspicious observer, you can check him out on YouTube, has come up with a. Oh very, yeah, yeah, he's an incredible dude. Yeah, yeah. Sorry oh, to oh, interrupt you. 
Yeah, no problem. Well, he has an earthquake prediction system as well, but he's using coronal holes. And when our magnetic when it, when their magnetic fields open up and release magnetic pull on the Earth, mm-hmm. uh, uh, they, they it, it, he puts earthquake watches. He doesn't like predict lo- uh, locations and and sizes. It's just six point five or higher. I'd mm-hmm. really be interested in trying to uh, to get those two technologies together. At least those observations, along with that man's technology to predict earthquakes, that would I mean, be really really interesting. Yeah, think about how many think about how many people's lives would have been saved if you could have just had an hour's notice to say, "Hey, there's about to be an earthquake. Don't be inside. You know, don't be underneath a building. Don't be in a parking deck. You know, those types of things." Or even with uh, suspicious observers, how much uh, if if this was to go mainstream, how many lives you would be able to save just by saying, "Hey, this week is going to have a higher uh, plausibility of earthquakes." Uh, mm-hmm. You know what I mean, and, and everybody get your bug out bag. Everybody be prepared. Yeah, that alone would help. And I just I find it really interesting that both of those sciences, both the one that you're discussing, you know, the free energy and the radio waves, and the the science that ooh, global warming might be even extra solar, meaning that there's some sort of change happening in our galaxy mm-hmm. um, that is affecting us here on Earth. And both of those are sciences that are being suppressed. Well, one of the things that Dollar talks about is. You know, through all the documents that he's seen and all the all the um, all the you know all the conversations that he's had, just imagine how many high level conversations this guy had because he recreated Tesla's stuff without even knowing who Tesla was. Basically, he engineered all this stuff by himself, and um, and he said that they still don't know what the sun is, and he's like they really don't know what it is. He said the best they've got right now is that it's some kind of magnetic transmitter. And that the flares are what's keeping the atmosphere at the temperature that it is. So it's it's interesting to hear somebody that, you know, of course we've heard in books and stuff like that that, oh, it's just this and this and this. Now it's time to start questioning. It really is. It's time to just start breaking down all the barriers that you have about what you know, what you think you know, and, and really just open up yourself to information and then determine for yourself what it is. And if you come to the conclusion that it's a big ball of gas in the sky, or if you come to the conclusion that carbon carbon you know carbon dioxide is what's ruining the atmosphere, then so be it. But don't just do it because somebody on television told you so or somebody got up at a TED talk and said something. You might want to do even further research because it, it is very easy to get with all the information that we have in our in our society and at our fingertips. It is easy to get swept into something and, and not, you know, go through and vet it completely. And Robert, I know you're a big stickler on that, so that's one of the things that you and I do do have in common is that even if I do hear something, I will question it and I won't just go and regurgitate because that really gets us nowhere. So here's the last clip, and then I'll break into some news, and then um, and then we can end the podcast. So here is the last clip from Eric Dollar. The Alexanderson received <clears throat> from the interior of the Earth. And then there was a what's called a beverage inventor. That's another RCA inventor. Beverage <coughs> was an overground antenna that received from the ionosphere. And then the whole system was stereo. So on the uh, the, the audition system, the right-hand channel was underground, and the left-hand channel was overground. So you could pick up stereo in two different dimensions. It all depends what's going on: lightning storms, or you know, earthquakes, tornadoes, solar flares. The musical sounds come from inside the earth. You have to drill a 100-foot deep hole 
and then you have to make an electrolytic uh, uh, electrode to go down that hole and make contact with the soil around it, and you can never do it as good as a plant can because that's the whole plant's way of life. It's grounding. <laughs> In fact, I have a whole description of the system on the Internet. It's called, it's called System for the Transmission and Reception of Telluric Electric Waves. It's about 20 pages. It gives a complete description of my whole telluric ionospheric transmission concept in the form of a, of a patent statement. So you willingly gave it to the public because you yeah, want well, the good luck to know. letting them figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> Not one book. That's what that capitalist mentality does. It causes these people to hoard their stuff off in the corner, you know, and just spit at everybody and, and not tell anybody what's going on. Then it all gets lost. You know, Steinmetz was the other way around. They would force him not to write things in his book. Well, Steinmetz is the hero. <laughs> Describe him. He's the guy. He's a, he's a deformed, a hunchback dwarf. Like Igor from Igor from Frankenstein. Yeah. Igor actually based on. Yeah, that was Steinmetz. And who was Doctor Frankenstein? Tesla. Just <laughs> <laughs> convince people of the horrors of electricity. It was kind of holdover from you know the Edison uh, electrocuting circus animal days. What was the Frankenstein monster? Who was he? No, well, I don't know. That's that's present day technology. <laughs> He took all the crap out of the mathematics. He, he de-euroed it. And they didn't like him for that. Well, any engineer could understand it. Yeah, that was the whole idea. And it was like... And that's how Alexanderson came about. Alexanderson immigrated all the way from Sweden just to work with Steinmetz when he was 18 years old. Another explanation. He's the guy that invented that, all that stuff at RCA, the, you know, the, the radio frequency stuff, the Alexanderson antenna. There's no mathematical analysis available for any of this stuff. There's no way to express it analytically. But, but I are. came up with a way to do it. Now, Steinmetz's method. What do you call your method? It's called the Verser method. Ver what yeah. was Steinmetz? And, and, and everything has to be expressed in four terms rather than two. Ah. That's the problem. Because you can't solve an algebraic expression higher than second degree. And mine were all fourth and eighth. This stuff takes a long time to put together. <laughs> Forty-five years. All by myself. With all, all yeah, with all broken equipment pulled out of junkyards. While working on another job. Well, and I had to pay for it. <laughs> on top of that. And you did it. Yeah, and then somebody fucked it all up <laughs> when it was done. We're gonna fix that, Mr. Dollar. Yeah. Well, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> So I thought I'd end with a little humor there. That guy has an incredible sense of humor for having somebody that just had his, basically his life's work just raped from him by, by governmental agencies and, and comp, comp, or competitors and you name it. The guy's been through a whole bunch. But like I said, you know, on the Indiegogo, he's got um, he's hit his goal of thirty thousand. So I, I'd love to see a, a follow up to that interview. But that interview is just absolutely incredible. If you guys go to the website, wearenotcattle.net, on the show notes from this podcast, I will put the links to all those videos. I'll probably just embed all the videos so you guys can watch them for yourself. So I did cut out and do some editing because there were some, some parts that weren't really pertinent. But um, 
But what do you what do you say, Robert? What's the uh, what's the closing for the uh, for the energy? What are your final thoughts for that? Huh, for for the whole thing, for all the topics about energy. yeah, just energy. yeah, because then we're we're about to get into some news because there's some stuff I want to touch on. So we're about to close down the uh, we're about to close down the machine of our minds and go into um, what's going on on our planet as of right now. All right. Well, then I, I I'd like uh, to do two quotes. Then I would quote uh, Terence McKenna. Uh, McKenna. Somehow the changing of consciousness is deemed to be threatening to the state. Now, why is that? Is the state somehow playing a shell game? That would be that would be exposed if people were actually open their eyes. In what way does this expansion of consciousness threat industrial democracies? I believe we need real answers to these questions. And then, uh, just for a bit of humor, there is a theory out there which states that if anyone was ever to discover exactly what the universe is for and why it is here, it would instantly disappear and be replaced by something even more bizarre and inexplicable. And then there is another theory which states that this has already happened. Huh. Dang it. You're giving me a headache, dude. All right, so... <laughs> Ramon, it's it's on you, man. Uh, your closing thoughts on what we've talked about here, and then um, I'm going to get into some new stuff. All right. As always, I appreciate the opportunity, gentlemen. It's an honor to fight amongst you brave soldiers in this war for information in, in the minds of humanity. And I'd like to leave off saying free Adam Kokesh. Amen, man. Amen to that. It's just... It's really sick, but you know what? We're going to do the best we can. We got to keep that thing in the spotlight. And we're doing a great job of it, you know. Um we're not going to let the the media just kind of sweep it under the rug and I heard rumblings that they were going to try to hold him to October. That ain't happening. So you know, anyway, so that's a that's a great way to wrap it up. So now let's move on to some happy fun stuff. And let's see. What do I want to get into first? This was actually funny. I did cover this on um on Adam's podcast earlier, but I got to cover it now because this is just so fantastic. And this is through the Associated Press, and I'm going to read the entire article because it's not really long. But it says, Chinese police say that employees of drug maker GlaxoSmithKline bribe doctors in hospitals. Oh, big shocker. Big Pharma passing out some dollars. So it says, China's um, China's police ministry accused executives of the pharmaceutical s- supplier GlaxoSmithKline on Thursday of conducting a large, long-running bribery campaign to persuade doctors to prescribe drugs. Big shocker. GlaxoSmithKline employees are accused of paying large bribes, in quotes, laundered through travel agencies to doctors and hospitals and others to, quote, to open new sales channels and increase drug, drug, increase drug revenues, said the public security minister announcement. It said the scheme was, quote-unquote, lasted a long time but gave no details. So it says they say that they're suspected of tax offenses involving collusion with the travel agencies to ensure false invoices. And it also said that it defined the employees only as, quote, high officials of the British-based GlaxoSmithKline and gave no details of the size of the payments nor who received them. And it says, after questioning, the suspects confessed to the crime, said the statement. GlaxoSmithKline said that it would cooperate within the, with the authorities, to, but said that Thursday's announcement was the first official communications that it had received about the investigation. Quote, unquote, corruption has no place in our business, said the company statement. 
If evidence of such activity is provided, we will take a course of action. We will take of of course act. We will oh, excuse me. It's been a long day, guys. We would of course act swiftly on it. The employee of the police ministry press office said that he would give only the surname and Wang and said that she could not release the GlaxoSmithKline employees' names or other details because they have not been charged with a crime. The police in central Changsha or Chang Changsha announced two weeks ago that GlaxoSmithKline employees have been detained for questioning and about unspecified quote economic crimes. Thursday's statement said the investigation also took place in Shanghai in the central city of Jingzhou. Uh, GlaxoSmithKline said that in June that it had investigated an, ac an accusation that its salespeople in China bribed doctors and found no evidence of wrongdoing. The company said that the police investigation might be based on information from the same anonymous source. GlaxoSmithKline PLC is headquartered in Britain and with a presence in, with a presence in the United States which could make it under a liable or could make it liable under penalties of US anti-bribery laws. Last week, the state media reported that the government was investigating the production costs for 60 foreign and domestic drug companies in a possible step towards state changing set state set max prices. The announcement gave no indication that any companies were suspected of any other companies were suspected of wrongdoing. So, man, who don't want to get... I guess I'll go to you, Robert. What do you think, man? GlaxoSmithKline, you know, big pharma, big shocker. How dare, How dare you talk down about my great overlords who give me medicines that keep me from being human? Oh, yeah, I know. Come on, man. But this is just... This is what... This is the kind of stuff you and I talk about all the time. It's, it's corruption that's so big. It's, like, just so over the top that... And then it's so laughable that, you know, you have 60 SWAT guys show up to, to bust a guy that loaded a shotgun in Freedom Plaza, but yet you've got, you know, pharmaceutical reps that are bribing probably high-ranking, you know, hospital officials to get the people to prescribe more drugs and incentivizing these people. You know, it's just a racket. It's another racket. And once again, if the free market was involved and other people had access to information or make better drugs or even have alternatives to these said, quote-unquote, legal drugs, then maybe the things would change a little bit. I mean, do you, you follow along those same lines, or what do you think of that? Well, I also think that it's absolute proof that there is a ruling class because – the the very definition of a ruling class is someone who lives by a different standard and set of rules than those of the labor class. Mm -hmm. And, and, and you, you, we can uh, uh, argue and debate who exactly is in that ro uh, in that ruling class all day. You almost said royalty. I know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they take their royalty, red carpets, yeah, well, and all that other crap. For all intents and purposes, they really are. I mean, the the the, the monarchies of of ancient human past uh, have never disappeared. They only uh, they evolved along with society, and um, kind of like how the guy says, you know, the information gets more um, complex. Well, their information too. So of course they would get more complex. Let us never tolerate outrageous conspiracy theories. I mean, come on, dude, really? The ruling class? There's no such thing. Fox News would tell me if there was a ruling class. CNN would let me know if there was a ruling. I would know. I would know 
if this kind of stuff was going on. Once again, that is the that is the ego that really does put you in a bind and does limit your scope of uh, understanding. So as soon as you can break with your ego, everybody, life becomes a flood of information. So piggybacking on top of the ruling class, a uh, lawmaker demands a National Guard patrol the streets of Chicago to stop gun violence. And this is not a long article either, so I'll read all of this. Military could soon be patrolling the streets of Chicago, Illinois, if a lawmaker's get her way. Um, State Rep. Monique Davis has asked the governor to deploy the National Guard among an epidemic of violent crime because you took the guns away from citizens. Anyway, Davis, a 76-year-old Democrat, shocker, who represents Chicago, Illinois' House of Representatives, said Tuesday to Governor Pat Quinn should order that both the state of Illinois police and the Illinois National Guard to assist uh, with law enforcement efforts in her city aimed towards curbing crime. More than 100 people have been shot only in 10 days since July, and only in the, in the first 10 days of July. Dang, that's a lot. 20 people were shot during a single event last month. I remember that. I covered that on my podcast. And at least 72 victims were either injured or killed by guns during the 4th of July weekend. Last year, homicide totality surpassed 50 or 500, the 500-person mark, which set a new record for the city of Chicago. In the Tuesday's news, the Conference of Springfield, Illinois, Rep. Um, Davis asked the governor to consider exploring new options. I'm requesting a press conference that Patrick, that Governor Patrick Quinn ordered the National Guard and Illinois police to come to Chicago and work with our mayor, Ron Ema- Rahm Emanuel, Jesus, to provide a safety for the children especially. You know, it's always for the kids. I mean, well, why don't we just go under martial law for the kids? Can we do that? Um, Governor Quinn <laughs> did not immediately respond to the state senator's request, but in recent days railed over four efforts that he hoped to bring violence down in the Windy City. Last week, Governor Quinn said that using a constitutional authority to address the serious public issues, which he's actually correct, you can call in the National Guard for such things, but it's usually only in a state of emergency, which I guess this, this would be, when he made a handful of amendatory um, changes to the bill, to the House bill that he hoped would decrease violent crime. Those alterations were rejected, however, and Illinois became the first, the last state in the U.S. to lift the prohibition of carrying concealed firearms. That'll do it. Uh, Rep. Uh, Brandon Phelps, a Democratic state lawmaker, said the residents finally get to exercise their Second Amendment rights, with gun owners now legally able to carry a concealed weapon. And he says, in quote, if the governor wants to be serious about crime, let's find out all, about all the shootings going on in Chicago, said Phelps to the Sunday to the Sun-Times newspaper. They've got the strictest gun laws in the nation, but they still lead in shootings and murders. Speaking against the legislation, Governor Quinn said the short, it was the shortcomings that will lead to tragedies. It has shortcomings that will lead to tragedies. State spokeswoman Monique Bond told the Associated Press that law enforcement expects 300,000 applicants will request carry concealed permits in the first year. Meanwhile, Rep. Davis says the state must step in to do something to keep the shootings from climbing as high as last year when the number of gun victims surged to more than 20% of the city saw in 2011. It's almost as if there is a war going on uh, Davis said in the Chicago Times, it seems like it's genocide and those officials who can do something about it 
have chosen not to do anything. I'm calling for the National Guard to come to Chicago and ride up and down these streets. Rep. Mary Flowers, another Chicago Democrat, added to the Sun-Times that she disagrees with her colleague's plan but hopes that the governor will respond with some sort of action. I happen to disagree with, disagree with calling in state police and the National Guard, but what I will agree with is the governor needs to do something. We must respect and we must be respected in our community, and we must have jobs in our community. According to uh, Jens Ludwig, the director of Chicago Crime Lab, shootings in Chicago cost the city around $2.5 billion annually. So, Robert, there's your conundrum. Do you bring in the state police and and the um, and of course the national guard to to stabilize until I guess until you get the carrying conceals in place? Or, I mean, what's the solution there? I mean, it's it's obviously jam packed with political BS. But I mean, what do we do? What do you do in that situation? Well, uh, well. first off, I'd like to point out that we now have an answer to all of those YouTube videos of we see people arguing with statists when they were like, oh, they don't need any guns. And then you're all like, well, how do you take the guns away? And then they never answer that question. It seems that we have it now. You call the Army. Well, the National Guard. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, if, I, if I was, you know, if I had the funds or ability to solve that problem, I would give away guns to everybody without a violent history you know that's a that's a really good point it'd be cheaper <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah i guarantee it's cheaper than 2.5 billion dollars i mean that's a whole ton of money but see i think that it's the you know once again the shift in consciousness it's it's the it's the people in power just grasping at straws pretty much to hang on to any semblance of power that they can and the one thing that I've noticed about Rahm Emanuel and a couple of these other jamokes that are out there is that they will—they don't—they're not really good at admitting fault. You know, they—they're going to stick to their guns and they're going to ride that thing until the wheels come off. And that's where he's at. He was, you know, he's the big anti-gun guy. So he's just going to ride that thing until the wheels fall off. And so now you're seeing the wheels fall off, and you're not seeing anything from him, but you're seeing stuff from other people. You know, at least they're offering suggestions. Believe me, I don't want to see 500 people in my country killed because because nobody can defend themselves. And that's what it is. It's just basically you're creating the environment by taking away the fear that the criminal, the criminals fear that they might have recourse for going up and putting, you know, a gun in somebody's face. Right now there is no recourse for them. What are you going to do? You're going to taser them or you're going to like push them away? No. No, you're going, they're going to go up and put a muzzle loader in your face and or you know something in your face and and you're going to give them your wallet or whatever. And so there was that one day where I think they had like they had like 28 shootings or something. It was just ridiculous. But you look at other you look at other states and other districts and other cities, other heavily populated cities, and you don't have that problem because the uh, the people have a right to defend themselves. And even even if you don't have a gun, it's just that psychological advantage over the criminal that that person might have a gun in their pocket. You know, you never know. So, all right, let's get one more article in here, and then um, and then we'll just uh, we'll wrap up the show. But um, what should we go with here? What is the good one? Um, oh, I got a good clip for you. We gotta go. We gotta go to this. All right. So this is gonna be the final topic for this evening. But this is um, 
This is a clip of local. Um, this is something you and I know very well, so we can you know blabber on for minutes and minutes about. But this is the clip from local L.A. talking about, huh? You know that um, that explosion, the, or excuse me, the the wreck of Michael Hastings' car looks a little. You know, it looks a little suspicious. And now the police aren't releasing the police report, and the and the fire firemen and the police department have both been given gag orders by whom we don't know. But it's like, hey, can we get the police report? No, 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 no you can't let you have it, media. We gotta we gotta make sure that we got the whiteout in the right spots, I guess. So here is the uh, here's the clip, and then Robert, I'll get your take on the backside, and then we'll we'll shut down the show. It's been nearly three weeks since Michael Hastings was killed in a fiery car accident in West L.A. You may recall oh, the story. The award-winning mm-hmm. journalist captured fame with his 2010 Rolling Stone wartime article that forced General Stanley McChrystal to resign as commander of U.S. forces in Afghanistan. This week, Kimberly Dvorak spent the day in Los Angeles to learn more about this accident. She joins us now on set talking a little bit about what she learned. And, you know, it's not not really into conspiracy theories so much, but it really is about finding out the facts about what happened here. Aren't we interested in that? Yes, absolutely. There are a number of scenarios that could have played out, and it's still too early in the investigation as nobody's been granted the police report you know, that details exactly what happened on scene. But clearly, there are a couple things that stood out in, in my mind when I went up and visited the scene and visited law enforcement. What stood out in your mind? You said you couldn't get the police report. They weren't, they weren't giving that out. Yeah. So what, el- what else stood out in your mind? Well, the fact that when you go to mm. the, the L.A. Police Department, then you go to the Fire Department, and you go to the different agencies, they all said they couldn't comment, and some of them said they were told not to comment on the story. So that kind of stands out. If uh, you know, we look at the NSA, the government says if you have nothing to hide, don't worry. I think it kind of has a reverse role here. Now, the, uh, I think we have video of the scene. If we yeah. can show the video, we, we, you can see what we're kind of give you an idea of what we're talking about. There is the actual yeah. uh, scene. Okay. So, the, so as far as the accident goes, and things that we do know, it was an extremely hot fire, and I've talked to um, military personnel who have said that this is a extremely hot fire, that this is not something you normally see with a car like this. This is a 2013 Mercedes-Benz, and the statement from Mercedes said that they are aware of the accident and waiting to help the LAPD, but they have not got the call from Los Angeles Police Department as of yet. So that intensity of the fire is very concerning, and also the placement of the engine and the drivetrain, as we see here. They are completely between 150 and 250. 50 feet from the accident. However, the car was going south and the engine and drivetrain were behind it. And after I spoke with a couple of university physics professors, Mm -hmm. they said in an accident like this, the engines and whatnot would go with the forward velocity of the... So what does your gut tell you in something like this? You've been on a lot of these stories. What are you you looking at and where where are you going with this? Well, I'm looking at the possi- all possibilities. I mean, he could have been drinking and driving. That's c- certainly something he could have done. That he was near the clubs on Sunset Boulevard. So that's a possibility. But I'm more inclined to believe that there were absolutely zero skid marks. So something else happened. Either the car malfunctioned or something was on the car that allowed that to trigger and blow up. Mercedes says their cars just don't blow up. They take great care for them not to do so. You said something also very interesting, that, that, that cars can be remotely controlled. Is that, 
you would mentioned yeah. something to that effect. A absolutely. And that came out of the University of Southern Cal or of uh, San Diego here. They did a report in 2010, which they took like a basic car, like a Nissan Sentra, and using an iPad like we all have here on the desk, mm -hmm. uh, they, they were able to hack into the car system and, uh, you know, operate the accelerator, the brakes, windshield wipers, lights, mm -hmm. steering. So there are so many factors in play here. There's, there's a lot more investigation that needs to be taken here, mm -hmm. and I will continue to follow it. Obviously, if there's any kind of foul play involved, you know, we want to make sure we get that out to the public, although mm -hmm. the LAPD has already ruled foul play out of this, which means that we should have access to these police reports more in a timely manner. Kim Duvark, thanks this morning. Holy shit, real journalism. Oh, my God. I'm about to lose it. Did that just really happen? I, I, I was shocked. I was all like, wow, she's being non-biased and factual what the hell is what it would get this crap off the air no that's local news dude that's the that's the reason and god that, whew, that well, I, car know, might just remotely get controlled somewhere I'm, I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna uh go ahead and repeat like i said on my show i don't know if you were on when i said it um but i i have a standing theory right now that the, that this guy's assassination, the arrest of Adam Kokesh, and uh, and a few other things uh, are all in connection, and I think that um, that we are witnessing the silence of a movement, or at least the attempt to silence a movement in an attempt to to push back. But you know what? Let us never tolerate outrageous conspiracy theories. Listen, Robert, I told you on your show, this is a new model that Mercedes has, and it's a safety feature. So once your car bursts into flames, it ejects the engine, and it, just to keep you safe, it ejects the engine 60 degrees out to the right at 150 feet. It's a safety feature. I mean, come on. This is, yeah, you look, wouldn't want to hit your The, the police have already, they've already ruled out foul play, nothing to see here. I mean, and that's what they thought, but then you've got people like this doing real journalism, and then you had the gentleman on um, on Alex Jones's show today doing an interview, and that guy sounded freaked out. And if you guys haven't heard it, I don't care what you think about Alex Jones, listen to the very end of his broadcast where he interviews um, um uh, Hastings, one of his good buddies that he was actually embedded in, uh, I think it was Afghanistan when he was doing some, um, you know, in the field, in the field reporting. But dude, he is freaked, man. You could tell. And then he got on Megyn Kelly's show, and I think I have that clip here. Let me find. I just want to play a little bit of this clip because Megyn Kelly preempts the entire conversation by saying, "Yeah, don't be one of those tinfoil hat conspiracy theorists." It's like get the, you know what? Can you guys do some real journalism and, you know, just one time, just one time do something real and not about, you know, uncovering some political BS that's just going to make fanfare? I'm still looking for this. Hold on a second. Oh, here it is. Here. There are certain words that just that immediately shut me off, uh, realizing that I'm not going to have an intelligent conversation with someone. Tinfoil is one of them. Uh, you know, Black stated. helicopter. That's another one. Uh, I, 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 black helicopter, you know, like when I hear certain people use these words uh, in a, in a, in a dismissive way, I'm immediately like, oh, this is not going to be an intelligent conversation. No, once again, it's their fear of actually having to listen and make rational decisions given information instead of just playing along. I think that that's what America is now. Everybody's just kind of playing along and it's just like, 
yeah, let's just play along and everything will be okay. But no, 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 no. It's gonna get it's gonna get crazy. So here's the uh, here's the clip from Megan Kelly. I'm only gonna play a little bit of it because I can barely stand her. Wait for Afghanistan it. Commander General Stanley McChrystal. Last week, Hastings was killed in a high-speed one-car crash. Immediately, his friends started raising questions about whether this was really an accident, as police quickly ruled. Then yesterday, we learned that hours before his death, Hastings sent a cryptic email to his friends and associates saying that the feds were investigating him and that he was on to a big story. Sergeant Joe Biggs is one of the friends who received that chilling email, and he joins us live. Sergeant, thank you for being here, and thank you for your service. So you knew Michael Hastings, uh, and I know that this raised alarm bells for you when you heard that he was killed. Why do you question whether this was truly an accident? Um, it's the fact, the way that I've, the other times that we've spoken before, and this email I got, it was just very panicked, and it didn't seem like something normally we would talk about. And I just felt a gut feeling something didn't feel right. Mm-hmm. But the police say it's an uh, accident. Uh, they, they, you know, looked into it. They said, look, he was driving fast. It was 4:30 in the morning. It was dark. Lost control of the car. Went through a red light. Hit a tree. Well, his friends and family, they know him. Everyone says he drives like a grandma. So that right there doesn't seem like something that he would be doing. I mean, he had a lot of friends and family that cared about him. He had a, a good life to live. There's no way he would be acting erratic like that and driving that out of control. What do, what do you think is going on here? I mean, because we, we talked about this a couple of times just because it's getting so much attention on the Internet, and, and people who are close to Mr. Hastings uh, are still raising questions, questions about the LAPD and their conclusions that this was an accident. What is the ultimate theory, that he was, that he was murdered, that he was intentionally targeted by someone? Um, I don't know that. Uh, I just know that from the email to hours later dying, it's just not a coincidence like that. Things don't add up. There's a lot of questions that need to be answered. Um, I contacted by email Mercedes today, asked them if it's normal for their cars to blow up to that extent, um, for if the engines fly out on a normal basis. I mean, these are the real questions we need to ask. And what of the, I mean, obviously he was investigating a couple of high-profile cases. He was looking into, he said, um, Jill Kelly, uh, who was connected with the whole uh, well, that, and, and General, General Clark. Go ahead. His wife today said that that's definitely not true, that he was uh, investigating into Jill Kelly. Michael Hastings' wife says he was not investigating that. Yes. Okay. Uh, well, what was he investigating, as far as you know, that would have caused any consternation whatsoever by someone? but from what he said or his last one of the things he said is it was going to be the biggest story yet the you know you know how people are going to react to this they're going to say that the, the tinfoil hat people think the government killed this journalist uh, oh I hate God I really wish I really wish Megan Kelly that you could see the finger that I'm holding up for you right now you are number one in my book Megan Kelly you are number one Number one, the tinfoil hat people are going to say that the government killed him. Yeah, other than the fact that he sends a cryptic email and says, the government's following me. I'm about to break the biggest story ever. i got to go into hiding, and then boom, nothing well, to be here. Well, what gets me, she's all like, she's all like, 
But the police have already ruled it an accident. I mean, yeah, this but is, the the, it, the, the, the the authorities, the people, and the obviously. If the well, what was it, funny is I immediately thought, aren't these the same people who said that Rodney King was uh, reasonable force? No, no, no. And, and hey, go <laughs> go shoot up a bunch of people in a in a in a pickup truck looking for Dorner. Just shoot them up. Boom! <laughs> oh, we thought it was Dorner. It was two women. How in the hell did you think it was Dorner? Ah, oh, we just panicked. Yeah, these you people. Know, we're, that, I don't see how you could question their integrity at all. <laughs> uh-uh. We're about to run out of time, but we are going to do some extra time. So, people, I am so sorry if you're listening to us live. You're going to have to catch the um, – what do you want to do, five minutes so we can finish this up? Yeah, whatever. Yeah, I'm good. Okay, great. So thanks for listening, everybody. Um, this is the unofficial end of the podcast. Uh, check me out, wearenotcattle.net. We are not cattle, the number one on Twitter, and find me on Facebook. We are not cattle. So thanks for listening, everybody. Um, tune in next Tuesday night for more information and more knowledge. Thank you. All right. So um, now that we're into overtime, I mean, dude, how how annoying is that for people that? I mean, I don't know who buys this crap. Who buys it? Everybody, apparently. I don't buy it, man. I, I really don't. I mean, you're exactly right. You see stuff like this. You see what's going on with Adam. They're trying to send a message to people that speak out, and you're exactly right. It's just the people that speak out and that are in the public, that are in the arena, trying to, you know, trying to show what's going on here, are the ones that are, are the ones that are, that are being targeted, and by whom I don't know. I don't know who's doing this. I mean, is it coincidence? Dude, I don't believe no. I don't believe, no, I don't, I don't believe that. I, I don't believe in coincidence. I think that um, I think that all of these, even if they're not being put together by the same people, because we know everything's car, uh, compartmentalized. We know that they they don't have to. The people doing these actions don't have to understand the bigger picture. Um, mm. But I don't believe in coincidence. This is all a part of a larger scale to control information and control people and social engineer the public. Now, to what ends is the is the real big question. And um, uh, I, you know, I, I told you earlier that I, I watch Suspicious Observer and I, I do a lot of studying with the sun and uh, energy from space. It's one of my little pet projects I do. And I honestly believe that uh, we are in great threats of a um, of a solar flare or a CME or some oh, sort yeah. of large uh, large uh, expulsion of energy from outer space. And because of our current weakening shields, it leaves us uniquely vulnerable um, because of where we're at in humanity with our technology. It, le- it leaves us u- uniquely vulnerable, and I think a lot of their actions. Um, has to do with that. With uh, they are preparing for something that none of us can. Right, and and then meanwhile they're telling us, "Don't worry, everything's fine." <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Everything's I mean, fine. Wait a minute, you guys are buying a bunch of bullets, armored vehicles. You got this fortress being built up in the Ozarks. It's like five times the size of the White House with bulletproof glass. You know all kinds of crap. What is that all about? Nah. And keep the solar readings too, which is really getting annoying. By the Do way, what? No. Whoa, whoa, whoa. One, one more time, recap that. I think I was talking over you. No, it's no problem. The, the solar readings, um, you know, like uh, uh, using Noah's enderal spirals, 
the uh, 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 stereo A and B that keep, keep a constant eye on the sun in, in different spectrums, they shut those off a lot lately. Um, and it's really when there's uh, very interesting um, uh, sunspots and, 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 and mag- magnet, magnetic activity going on. Just getting annoying but they, with me. Yeah, well, what they were saying, and, you know, what people that have theorized this, I don't want to call them conspiracy theorists, but, you know, people that have theorized that we are, and this, I think it came out that NASA said that we were going to be heading into a period of high solar um, flare activity. And just imagine, Robert, imagine how electrically dependent we are currently with all the things, whether it's, you know, getting our food whether it's you know keeping our food from spoiling, whether it's getting water, I mean, think about how dependent we are on energy. And if you catch a massive solar flare, holy monkey! Could you I imagine don't think if people... you had the technology to harness that kind of energy and power? Oh man, I'm sure we do, but I mean, you think that then? You know, once again, like Ramon from Florida said that. Dude, it's a you know four hundred trillion dollar a year industry. That stuff ain't going anywhere. You know, yeah. I mean, how do how do we un, how do we undo that? Other than the fact that you just collapse the financial system and we go from start from ground zero. But you know, the more you know, that I, I hear the yeah, go ahead. I think I think that's our biggest fear as 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 people involved in the freedom movement. No matter where you're at, you know, from big L to small L to anarcho, you know, uh, no matter where you at, I think our biggest fear is the fact that it does all have to collapse. And none of us, and, and some of us are just not willing to 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 play with that possibility yet. You know, we think that, mm-hmm. you know, for the big L libertarians, they think they can change things through politics. Small L libertarians think they can do it socially. Uh voluntarists think they can do it on a personal individual level, you know, mm-hmm. but it, it it's a very strong possibility that to be able to achieve what we all want to achieve, what we don't want to happen has to happen. Because then we all start at zero. Kind of like the fight club mentality, I guess. You know, yeah, you destroy the system. Yeah, you could, gosh. But, you know, it's, you know, after listening to that economist, and I'm going to, I already asked him if he'd come on my show and he's agreed to do it. So that'll be a fun show to do. And I'll be sure to, you know, let everybody know when this professor is going to come on board because it's funny to hear somebody talk because he was a professor of um, of Keynesian economics for like 25 years. And he talked about how, oh, those stupid, you know, the gold, you know, the gold standard people. And he was like, well, what's wrong with those guys? You know, get, you know, get new age, get new age, you know. And then he started studying because people kept predicting and telling him, look, this is going to happen. And he would always go, how the heck did they know that? And then basically he said that he had to unlearn all the stuff that he'd learned, you know, not to use like a, a Yoda analogy or anything, but that's what he said. He had to basically unlearn economics and then relearn it, and then he was able to predict, you know, what happened over in, in Asia, and he wrote a book about it, and I bought it, and I want to check it out. But he's one of those guys that he stood there, and he looked us all dead in the eyes and said, you know, I used to be – I was an economist, so I'm an optimist, but – the way that I see things, there's no way out. There's no way out of this. He goes, they can keep, they can keep riding the zero, you know, the zero interest rate for so long, but there's just too much. Just like what we all talk about, there's too much debt. You guys have created way too much debt. Everybody's insolvent. 
And if the U.S. goes, so goes the world because we're all so interconnected. And that's the that's the problem with globalism. That's what I try to tell people. Like, what's wrong with the global economy? I'm like, what do you mean what's wrong with the global economy? If the strongest player in the global economy collapses, what the hell happens? Everybody goes down. Not yeah. just that region. Not just that region has a correction. The entire world economy, the world market has to have a correction. So it takes everybody down with it. It's just not good. But he believes that there's no way out of it. I think that humans always find a way, man. We're resourceful things. We're resilient. I mean, we'll we'll find a way to deal with things. We'll find a way to band together. And um, we're going to find a way to make it happen. And that's, you know, I guess the message that we could all leave. What do you what um what final message do you want to leave the audience with tonight? After all the things we've been talking about, my brain literally hurts, dude. I've I've actually took taken taken in a lot of knowledge. See, I can't even talk anymore. <laughs> well, all right. Uh, a final message. I, if you look at all of human history, we've always taken steps towards freedom. It's always been the underlying underlining defining message of every era is steps towards freedom. And every time we do it, we get better at it. I mean, we go from following uh, the the man with the biggest rock to the man with the better plan. We went from following the man with the better plan with the man with the better philosophy. And we Mm -hmm. just keep getting better. So Mm -hmm. to everyone who says that we need to restore America or restore certain values, I say no, sir. we Mm got to do better than them. Well, would you would you per I mean not to get in the philosophical debate at the end of the podcast because I'm I'm drained right now, but would you say that now here's my I'll tell you my philosophy and you can kind of you can kind of go with that, but the Constitution is is good because it gives us kind of a benchmark. Not saying that I want that to be our destination. Once again, you know, revolution is not an event. It's a it's a um, you know it's a process. So I'd like for us to get something towards that first and then we can go from there but we've never had anything like the constitution ever enforced really we've always had semi-crony capitalism i mean you had some you had like the greatest uh what was it called the um i guess the uh the greatest uh what is it Oh, see, I'm just spent, man. The <laughs> the the World War II, uh, gener- the Great Generation. You know, yeah, the, the generation of people that 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 really did exemplify self ownership, true Americana. Grab yourself by your bootstraps. I mean, even though you guys fought in a crazy, nutty war, everybody got together. Everybody pulled together. And that's what my father told me one time. He goes, you know what we need? We need a big war to get everybody together again. I'm like, why do we need a big war? Why do we got to kill people in order to unite? That's, a, that's the weirdest philosophy I've ever heard, but you hear a lot of people say that. So my philosophy is let's get back towards the Constitution, and then we can figure out from that how we can we can make amendments to that. We can you know slowly dissolve it, however you want to do it. But we need to get to some semblance of law and order and, and kick out corruption. That's the biggest you know, that's the biggest challenges we face, I think. It's just what we see now is not America. This is not America. This is some it's like we got hijacked by some alien force. It's like we're gonna do this now. It's like we didn't vote on that. Nope, we're doing it. I'm like, what? <laughs> what the I signed a piece of paper, we're doing it. I'm like, this is crazy. Who said that we're doing it? I'm droning people tomorrow. You don't like it? Oh, my God. Like, how did we get here? To answer your question is, would I support 
any actions that would shrink the size of government? Absolutely. Uh, because I hold that to win any step towards freedom is a good step. Um, you know, not a step forward, two steps back. I mean, ultimate forward momentum. Correct. And so okay. if, 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 you were, if you were all like, hey, look, we're doing this thing. It's going to shrink the government. Are you down? I'm going to be like, yes, sir, I am. But, um, but I don't think that is the goal, and so I'm not going to state it as such. So I, that's no. what I mean saying restoration. I think we can do better. I think Not we my can goal add, either. Yeah, we can add voluntarism and voluntaristic views uh, to the Constitution if, you, if mm-hmm. we needed to establish a new government or some crap, which I would right. hope not. But if we had to, we would be able to add the, the, the more enlightened philosophies of today to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and make it, you know, everybody talks about like, oh, it's old. It's only 200 years old, dude. The Magna Carta is way <laughs> older than that. You know what the Magna Carta says? Don't kill, don't kill your neighbor. I mean, come on. Like, who's not going to buy that? It's like, hey, you shouldn't go kill your neighbor. Hey, you can't go steal from somebody. Like, um, you know, I don't. I, that's an old document. I don't agree with that. It's just silliness. <laughs> well, then why and, do know, we still have the Queen and King in England? Why do we still have? Government. It's an that's old happy, idea. That's happy feely. Yep. That's touchy feely stuff for those people. And and a lot of people are so naive to think that 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 the royal family doesn't have any power anymore. They're like, oh, they're just figureheads. Oh yeah, evidently you took a um you took a government history class, didn't you? These people. Yeah. I mean, the Queen has suspended Congress in in Canada a couple of times. You know, I had a I had a conversation with somebody that was from England. That was like, well, I support the monarchy. I'm like. And you're sitting down with a bunch of libertarians? Like, what are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's going to – hey, uh, thanks, for, thanks for hopping on, man. Plug your stuff really quick so people um, get a chance to tune in to you and Matthew. You guys do great work. Matthew is by far probably one of the funniest color guys I've ever seen in my life. He needs to be doing sports too. <laughs> he has always got the one – he's got the one-line zingers down to a science. That that's his thing, you know. That that's that's his shtick, if you will. But you can find us out at uh, journalisticrevolution.com, and from there you'll be able to find our YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook page, all of the same name. And if you can go on uh, the YouTube channel and check out our series, Statist Anonymous. Uh, if you need to confess some of your statist tendencies, you can be safe if you do it at Statist Anonymous. And then also um, remember. Journalistic Revolution is supposed to be about citizen journalism, so if any of you have um, a, a video or an article that you want to write, we'll fact-check it and post it and help you get your own voice. Excellent. Thank you so much. And you guys have a mobile app too, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I keep forgetting about that thing, the mobile app. Yeah, it's, uh, you can go to Google Play. It's the same name, Journalistic Revolution. Excellent. I need to work on mine, so hopefully I'll get mine up and running. But. You know, guys, that's gonna do it for me. I've done I've done a lot of radio today, so I think I am gonna hit the hay. So thank you everybody for tuning in live. If you tuned in live, share the podcast with people you know you like. Tell five people about the show so we can start building some momentum and try to get the critical mass. And um, as I always say, man, get a friend, get informed, and get involved. Everybody, love, liberty, and freedom. Have a good one. You deserve your freedom. And freedom. Yeah, 